You're listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies that just came out. And today, we're going to be the, uh, not the first, to talk about the new Predator movie, Prey. Um, this is a movie that just dropped on Disney+, Plus, I believe Hulu, for those of you in the United States. Um, and uh, it's a new entry in the Predator franchise. So this movie kind of shakes things up a bit for the franchise, and uh, it's it's new in exciting ways. We do talk about ways in which it's different from the rest of the franchise. Uh, we do, however, try not to spoil too much, so this is a mostly spoiler-free episode, and we're kind of all over the place in this one. Talk a little bit about Prey. Well, we talk a lot about Prey. Talk a little bit about uh, The People's Joker. We talk a bit about Dan Trachtenberg. Um, there's some stuff in there about what makes the original Predator so great. Uh, and actually, I know this is just the intro, and like I shouldn't be directing people to other episodes in the intro, but uh, I would actually recommend the um, episode of the podcast Introducing as well. I'll link to that in the uh, show notes on their, their episode on Prey. It was really good, and uh, I actually listened to that a bit before I re- before we recorded this episode. So uh, a lot of the things I'm saying, I'm definitely, I know I'm not the first to say because I would have heard them there. I'm not just parroting opinions, but I do agree with Callum and Gisela on that a lot. Anyway, I'm going to stop promoting other people now, though, but, uh, but I, I do want to shout out our friends at Scaretroducing. Anyway, um, we're going to get into it now. Here is a song by Sarah Schachner. This is, I believe it's called Thrill of the Hunt. It is Thrill of the Chase by Sarah Schachner. Now, before I play this, I want to just say this is really cool because apparently Dan Trachtenberg actually, uh, when he was developing this movie, he played Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which which Sarah Schachner also scored. And um, he just had to have her in his movie. And I think it's really cool that, like, to make that jump. It's not necessarily, like... I mean, video game OSTs are really good, as are movie OSTs. They're just sort of different. But, like, you don't... It's not every day that you see someone make the jump from one to the other, especially, you know, because of a direct influence like that. I think that's just really cool. So shout-outs to Sarah Shackner, and here is Thrill the Chase. Listening to another episode of Heatwave Radio's Classic Movies Live, the pre-recorded show where we talk about movies on Disney Plus. And today's is going to be a very nice, family-friendly offering from Disney Plus. Uh, how did you feel about the movie Prey, Pierre? Uh, it was it was a good movie. I was I think it's well. I mean, I know it's a the name's tricky, but it's part of the Predator franchise. Get a like Predator and Prey, very clever. But um, it's po- possibly the best Predator movie in the franchise. It's like, it's, the Predator franchise is not known for having like really creative names. So by the standards of this franchise, Prey is like groundbreaking as yeah. a name. Yeah. It's very bold. Especially mm-hmm. when you compare it to the Alien versus Predator franchise. I mean like. It's a whole other thing completely unironically though we'll get into it this movie is bold in a lot of ways and like Mm -hmm. i think it i don't yeah i mean it takes a lot of risks and the risks it takes pay off it's it's just a good movie but uh pierre um the predator as a franchise how many of them have you seen have you seen all of them i think i've seen all i've seen half of predator 2 and then i stopped i gave up Oh, wow. Okay. I think I saw Predators 3. I just can't really remember it that well. 
Is there mm. is there a Predator three? Because I know there's five movies. Is there one that's actually called Predator three? Oh, no, yeah, it's called Predators. Uh, much more clever title. <laughs> I guess they saw the success of Aliens and they were like, ah, seems pretty straightforward. We could do that, <laughs> um, and they did. So yeah, and then there's Predators, and then the fourth. I guess if you if you want to count the Alien versus Predator movies, there's two of those. Um, and then there's the predator, which was, um, directed by, that's honestly a very infamous movie in my head because it's probably one of the worst action blockbusters I've ever seen. I think. I remember it was like, it was really hyped, uh, originally because it was directed by Shane Black, who was in the first predator movie. Yeah, Uh, he was, he was good in that movie too. I liked him. Oh Yeah. I, everyone's great. The first Predator movie is so awesome. Like, there's I have almost no notes. Like, it's it's a really good action movie. It's uh, very macho, but it like comments on that machismo in a really cool way. Um, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger's probably best role. It's honestly the best role of like almost everyone who's in that movie. Might be Shane Black's best role, except I don't know him in in other things. So, um, yeah, I I, uh, I saw it the first time I saw it. I fell asleep. That was cause it was really late, and mm. you know, but I enjoyed it. I I think I saw it again. Like I think it was like last week after watching Prey, and uh, it is is actually a really really solid movie. And I don't I it kind of makes me wonder why. I mean, I guess it's because the subsequent movies are all really bad, but why the predator franchise isn't i feel like isn't as big or well known as the alien franchise if that makes sense i don't know why i'm comparing these well i'm comparing these two because they seem like there's clearly precedent right yeah (laughs) um so like but it's it's a really tight movie i love all the characters in it it's actually like very emotional too surprisingly i think Mm -hmm. i think the genre the spinning of you know the first act just being a pure stereotypical commandos action blockbuster uh that it's it's like bordering on satire in my opinion at the start Mm -hmm. i would hesitate to even say bordering like i think it just (laughs) is full-on satire i just i don't know what the the thought process was in the 80s so i i couldn't tell if this was arnold acting like i mean he was the perfect one to cast because he's Mm -hmm. he's the 80s action man but yeah i couldn't tell how I mean, all and I mean, like, Predator came out in '87, so like, yeah. action movies like that were a dime a dozen. So there's yeah. like all of these action movies, and then Predator comes out, and it's like, what if we turn this up to eleven mm-hmm. in every respect, and then we make them fight something that doesn't care how dialed up they are; it just kills them anyway. Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it actually works really well for that time. Like, I think if you release predator now i think it might not be as well received because the start is so like there's no there's you don't see movies like like act like commando like overly masculine um leading you know character groups like the i think the last one i can think of was like the like the expendables with like mel gibson um and that other guy sylvester stallone i mean like Action movies were, to quote The Simpsons, the style at the time. Yeah. And, like, if you were to release Predator as it is right now, yeah, it wouldn't have the same effect. But, like, if you were to make a movie like Predator, it would have to be very different to comment on cinema right now, right? Yeah, I think, well, it's kind of sad, but you just make a superhero movie uh, along the same veins and then just have the characters be utterly traumatized by the end of it and slowly die. So uh, I won't I won't sidetrack too long here, but Pierre, can I tell you something I'm really excited to see at this year's Toronto International Film Festival? Sure. There's a movie coming out, which is probably illegal, so I'm not even sure that it will actually release after the Toronto International Film Festival. I hope it will, because I'd really like to talk about it on the show, but like, you're probably not going to be able to be here in person for that. Uh, there's a movie called The People's Joker, which is set in Gotham City, uh, features Batman, the Joker, like all of Batman's en- enemies, whatever. Um, 
and it is not sanctioned in any way, shape, or form by Warner Brothers. It is uh, oh. the filmmakers are banking on it being protected under parody law. Oh wow, that's um, that's bold. The uh, I'm the reason I bring it up here is because I don't know if it will end up being like Predator for the modern age, but if you wanted to make a, something like Predator, Predator is like a pastiche of action movies at the time. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what the People's Joker wants to be is a pastiche of superhero movies at the time in a way that hopefully dials it way up and like comments on them in a good way. We'll see. I I feel like ironically the the superhero format has been parodied by other superhero movies. Yeah, while also still being superhero movies. So we'll see how much the parody can go still. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it feels like you know, like the Suicide Squad, Guardians of the Galaxy, in their own way, way or, or even like Peacemaker, the TV show, they're all parodies of superhero mm. movies, but they're still superhero movies. It's very confusing, anyways. Yeah, it's <clears> like <throat> if you want to, it's it's kind of like as soon as something gets popular, you get deconstructions of it immediately. Yeah, because like when westerns got big, it didn't take very long to get revisionist westerns, which mm. are westerns, but the good guy is the bad guy actually yeah like in the 50s we already had shane which is exactly that like mm-hmm. he's he's a good guy but you actually shouldn't no. like him very much <laughs> anti-hero yeah um anyways i don't where, where were we I, yeah predator we were talking about predator. Pred- predator one is a really good movie yes um and this in a very i mean in the classic franchise way it has lacked the ability to come close to the first one um i couldn't finish predator 2 i saw that recently i think it it's actually quite clever in a lot of ways i just think the director wasn't good enough like i understand the idea of they were making a very stereotypical uh crime crime uh police police uh, crime movie with a predator and i like i get that they're just taking another genre and putting a spin on it but it's just not a good movie Mm. um predators from what i remember i actually kind of like that one i remember at least liking the concept i haven't seen it in a while but i remember when i saw it it was it was it was weird like not like as weird as it could have been but it was like it was an interesting spin it wasn't just Predator in a different setting. It was like, actually, the the, the new setting was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I I will give them that. Like they they do offer, unlike the Alien franchise, I feel like they each movie offers like its own thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they're all very different movies. Uh, and then the Predator. I guess we we're talking about that. Yeah, with Shane Black, that's just a really bad movie. I don't remember. I never saw it, but like, isn't it like, isn't it basically Halloween but with a predator? That's what I heard. Yeah, uh, it was. It was something to do. The predator kidnaps a kid. Um, but there's this whole plot where the predator is, and instead of because I think the cool thing about the predator lore is that the predator, like, it has its own set of rules. Like, it's a hunter. It doesn't. It doesn't kill. Really, kill people that aren't armed and is, aren't a challenge to fight. Um, mm. And they collect people like trophies, right? Like they're prey. Or, I mean, they're big game hunters, but from space. Yeah, and I. That's. I think that's the prime concept behind it. And then the predator introduces this thing where, and they are gathering skulls not as trophies or spines not as trophies, but as. Um, they, they take the spinal fluid from different species and inject it into themselves to make them better um, aliens or whatever, genetically. And, and the concept okay. of that movie is there's an autistic child who is kidnapped because the predator believes that autism is the key to the predator becoming the smartest being in the universe or the galaxy. So they kidnap this child attempting to extract literally autism <laughs> from his spine and inject it so in like, himself. So like, I'm not autistic and I don't 
know, I don't think I know any people. I don't know very many people who I may know people who are autistic, but like I've haven't, I, I don't know much about autism, but I kind of think that, uh, when I see, when I see movies being like being either extreme of autism needs to be fixed or autism is a superpower. Those are both kind of like opposite ends of the yikes spectrum for me. Yeah. Cause like, Neither of those, I, I feel like both of those sort of commodify autism in a way that is weird at best and like kind of potentially harmful at worst. But again, I don't know that much about autism. So if someone wants to correct me on that, then please do. Yeah, I, you know, I'm not also not autistic. I just, I think the concept itself is just really stupid. I, it, maybe it was very empowering to people with autism, but I... I personally doubt that. I'm going to be I, Yeah, I hope so. I definitely don't think so. Yeah. Um, so that was that was a weird movie. And it was really tough to watch, too, because Shane Black, I mean, that was, he was coming off The Nice Guys, which was, in my, like, one of the best, one of the better, like, honestly, one of the better movies I can remember seeing in theaters, like, in the, mm. in the 2010s, right? Um, so yeah, that, that was rough. And, uh and he hasn't directed anything since the predator i think it like killed his career because it bombed really hard too i think like so at least from the movies that i've seen one thing that really is cool about the predator and like makes those movies work are yeah. that the predator like there's a lot of alien movies in my opinion like aliens aren't super interesting when their goals are clear or when their goals are like clear and meaningful like an alien that needs to take your spine so that it can become a better alien isn't interesting to me. An alien that wants to kill you because it thinks that you you would make a cool trophy is way more interesting to me because it like comments on something that's like more real than I don't know, spinal politics isn't a thing. <laughs> yeah. But like the ethics of big game hunting, you can make interesting points about that if you're if your alien is a big game hunter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, I, I think it's possible. I I, I don't want to oh, no, say that idea. That's a bad idea. I just think within the context, like it's just kind of ruining the context of the other movies when you're like rewriting. Yeah. Like, it it's like it's like being like like in Star Wars, like oh this this lightsaber is actually like a solid or something or like. It can't cut through anything. Actually, that's it doesn't cut through anything now for some reason. I hate that though. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> well, I mean, but that's kind of what I that that's kind of what I mean because like, um, the the predator to me is more interesting as a big game hunter than like if he's collecting spines to make himself better. Not that not that either of those has to be bad, but one is inherently more interesting, and you have to do way less work to make it work. Yeah. Spinal Collector Predator needs a lot more work, and it needs a much better story in order for that to work anywhere near as well as the oh, other yeah. stuff. Yeah. Um, which is why, well, okay, well, damn it, we should have changed the order because I wanted to go into Prey. I think because it's such a good like. Prey is great because it returns to the roots of the franchise. Well, I mean, um, let's let's talk about Prey, and then okay. we can we can come back. We're gonna have to probably go into spoilers at some point. We can just stop there, make a quick detour, come back. Okay, perfect. Um, yeah, no, Prey. I guess Prey is about a a young uh, a young girl from I don't know what time period this is, but I'm guessing like I think it's like the 1600s, right? I think it's the early 1700s. 1700s. Um, she's a she's a native girl. Um, I don't know. 1719. What. I can't remember what is it. She's Comanche. Comanche, yeah. Which is cool because I saw this thing where it's the first movie to be translated into Comanche, which I think is really yes. nice. Um, but yeah, it's uh, she's she's learning. She wants to be a hunter um, because everyone, basically because everyone says she can't be a hunter. Uh, she's very skilled at a lot of things, um, but she wants to be a hunter like her brother and the other guys mm. in, in her uh, in her tribe village i don't know what the correct term is um so she you know she she tries to go hunting and stuff like that and um 
And then we see the predator who is another predator who is back, who is on earth. And I think this is, I think the director said this is the first predator to ever come to earth. That's, that's what I heard as well. Uh, That's easy enough to retcon if they decide to. Yeah. It doesn't like really matter. Um, But yeah. So the predator comes and while she is hunting to prove she's basically, she's on a hunt to prove her worth as a hunter and officially become like a hunter uh, and get her first kill. The predator is slowly killing people from her, her tribe and she eventually designates the predator to be her first kill essentially uh yeah basically i think what's really cool about this is like in in prey everyone is a hunter like we follow basically three different groups of hunters because there's uh french trappers and then there's her and like the comanche hunters and then there's the predator and like they all we we mostly see things from her perspective but like all three of these all three of these groups are hunting each other in different ways at different times which i think is just a really cool way to structure this yeah i i guess the um, like it's it's not really i i like how the plots aren't well i guess it's not linear it's just they're you're seeing that the the vantage points of multiple different and the like characters and the the rise of like the predators hunting is mm-hmm. kind of um, contrasted with the rise of the main characters like learning to hunt as well. So mm-hmm. what's her name? I need to figure out her name. Naru. Naru. Um, yeah. So I I really like that dynamic of they are both, and I, I think it helps characterize the predator because we don't obviously we don't get any exposition mm-hmm. who the predator is, but we can tell just from like basic. Or like from visual cues that this predator is, I think it feels like their first hunt, and they're slowly learning how things work. And they kind of mm-hmm. they do like they're cocky, they do stupid things that aren't like I feel like we we see like the predators in the other movies are much more experienced and they wouldn't do the same things. Um, so it's just interesting to see like two the the main character, the protagonist, and the antagonist both learning at the same time and. Mm-hmm when they eventually clash, it makes things a lot more interesting. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about this, but like the, the character, the characterization and character development of the predator who never speaks a single word is done really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, I think there's a couple of spots at the beginning where I actually wish it showed less because I think it does such an efficient job establishing who the predator is that like there's a couple of scenes in there that I just don't think work as effectively as they do simply because the predator's in it early on we get a couple of scenes where like we're not seeing things from Naru's perspective where we're seeing things from the predator's perspective instead like the predator kills a snake the predator kills a wolf etc they're cool scenes but like this movie is already so efficient in establishing its characters that I kind of wish those particular scenes didn't exist because you wouldn't lose anything. And the only thing you would, and you would end up gaining uh, Naru kind of discovering who the predator is. Well, like when Naru discovers who the predator is, it would, or like what the predator is, it would hit a lot harder if that was also where the audience discovered the predator, Mm. in my opinion. That's fair. Yeah. I think, uh, um, like that's that's what made the the first one really good is that the the predator. I rem- actually I remember the director. If you watch the first movie, there's a shot of a spaceship coming to Earth, so we're immediately signified the predator is an alien, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the original cut, the director wanted was there was no spaceship, and the first thing the first thing we know of the predator is that. Is, is like shown when he's killing people and we have like no idea is it an alien is it a person um so I, I see what you mean like the the mystery element is important um i i do I, I guess i like that it shows that this predator i i think it shows that it's learning and that it's mm-hmm. trying to find like the greatest you know kill on this planet like he's like working his way up right 
Yeah. Um, he goes from the snake to the wolf to the bear um, to humans. So I thought that was cool, but I see what you mean. Like it did not knowing that context, it does kind of make the movie drag slightly because they're just kind of like, I don't well, care like, that he's killing this wolf. Like, <laughs> well, it's not so much that it's that I think you can communicate the same thing without and, and use the predator in a way more scary way or mm. like uh, in, in a better, in a more suspenseful way, because like when he kills the snake, it doesn't matter that we see him kill the snake because later on we see a snake that's killed in a way that no human would kill a snake. Yeah. So that's where it's like, oh shit, something's going on and we don't know what's what's going on. But mm-hmm. we do because we've already seen him kill the snake. We don't need that scene is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And then later on, I don't think Naru sees him kill the wolf, but like there's, I think he, I think the predator kills a mountain lion at some point, but it's like just a flash of it because that's when Naru is like getting knocked out. But I think the predator oh. does kill that. Uh, no, no, the no, brother kills the lion. The brother like the kills the predator kills the bear. But I think, but like the reason I'm pointing out all of this is one thing I really like about this movie is, as I said before, there's those three groups of hunters. So I think what's, what, uh, what is really cool about this is every single one of these groups is hunting, like they're hunting, they're hunting something and they're hunting them in different ways. Mm-hmm. So I think that, and each of these groups has to figure out from context clues who's hunting what, how. So mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting if the audience also kind of had that mystery. Like there's yeah. a scene where Naru like comes into a field and there's hundreds of dead buffalo, all of whom are skinned. And I'm like, oh shit, did the predator do this? No, yeah. that's a red herring. That was yeah. the French trappers. Yeah. And I think that like the idea that these different groups all hunt differently but sometimes it's indistinguishable from each other until you actually look a lot closer is like really cool to me. And I wish that they'd used that a little more. Yeah. I, I see what you mean. Um, I guess. Yeah. Part, maybe he was, maybe the director was just assuming everyone knew what the predator was. So we didn't want to waste any time or no yeah. wait. That's, I guess that would be the opposite. Never mind. Um, but yeah. Uh, what did you think of like the the action like direction? If that makes sense. I thought it was great. Like uh, I thought that this movie had really good action scenes for the most part. Uh, obviously, it's a movie with primarily practical effects, and I think that really works to its advantage. Um, I yeah. thought the uh, yeah, I thought the fights were all really cool. There's some really neat like sort of there's some really neat sequences at the end that show off like why Naru is the right person for this movie. Like why she's the right action hero. Cause the predator movies, at least the first one and predators kind of are supposed to be about how like you gotta be it's, it's brains over brawn. And she has some really cool sequences that show that off. Yeah. I, I did. I, I loved how also like how each of the, like the hunters, it's kind of like the first one too, where like the hunters weren't just like cannon fodder, if that makes sense. Like they all mm-hmm. put up a fight. They all like show that they they were skilled and knowledgeable um, in what they did. And that's why the predator was like hunting them, right? They put up a fight. Yeah, I, really I mean, the, the ones that are arrogant end up, you know, suffering the most for it. Mm-hmm. But like, they can also back it up with they're they're not arrogant for no reason. Like they actually are skilled and can do what they're setting out to do. Yeah, and they injure the the predator too. Like it's mm-hmm. uh, I thought I thought they were all really well done. And yeah, there was no. This was another movie we were talking earlier. Uh, what, what was the other movie? Oh, Top Gun. But yeah, this this was another movie that I really you could tell was shot on location. You really felt like mm-hmm. um like you were there. And I think that's. That's really important for a movie like The Predator. I'm, I'm going to reference the first one again, but I still remember the first one. You really feel like you're in the jungle sweating with these guys. Yeah. Um, and adds, it actually adds a lot to the movie. And I think this one's like, this would not have worked well at all with a green screen studio vibe. Oh, yeah. Um, if this was done on a soundstage, it would have been really weird. Yeah. So um, I was really happy with that. Um, 
Yeah. And yeah, I thought the, like, all the actors, we, we have a bunch of unknown actors. Um, yeah. They all put in really, like, I wouldn't say any of them was, like, amazing, but I thought, what was her name, Naru? Naru, yeah. The Amber Nar- Midfunder. She was really, she was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's not, obviously, it's not, like, a, a movie where you can really show off your acting chops, because it's, like, it's a very straightforward action movie, but she was good. Um, her the guy who played her brother was really good too. I loved him. Dakota Beavers. Dakota Beavers, good job. Um, but one thing I, I really wish I, I wish I think could have improved the movie was if like the characters kind of stood out more, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. Naru did like she was a fine enough character, but she did feel like a relatively stereotypical like protagonist, you know, female protagonist that wants to be treated with more respect like or not sorry not more respect like she wants to be like uh doing what the guys do yeah Um, which is totally cool i think it's a good foundation for a character but i Mm -hmm. think it i I would have liked more like is she funny does she does she is she a caring person like i i didn't really know much more than than that whereas like uh i think a movie like this you really like same thing for the Predator, where you a lot of the character of the Predator is told through the visuals. I think a movie like this, you would need a lot more like um, you need a lot more visual storytelling to also say like who the protagonists are. And I'm gonna go back. <laughs> I keep going back to the first one. I feel really bad, but that's why well, I mean, the first one is really good for that because you have a lot of characters that aren't introduced at all, but you you know who they are and you care about them really quickly. Mm-hmm. Because they're very, very stereotypical, like, guys that you would usually see in an action movie. They all have their own thing. Um, but it helps because you, you you can relate to them more. Like, I couldn't really tell you, if you asked me to describe Naru's character or her brother's character, I couldn't really tell you other than, like, she's, she's resourceful and, like, brave or hardworking, I guess. I mean, so, like, the first one is... As we've already kind of said, damn near a parody. <laughs> I feel bad. Like, yeah. No, but like the first one is basically a parody. So it has those hyper masculine characters like dialed up to 11. And you know all these people because they're stereotypical archetypes from different action movies. And this one is doing something new with the franchise, at least a little bit. And it's not like. I don't think this one is as obvious a satire on anything. I don't know. I don't know that I would really call this one a satire where I would definitely call the first predator a satire, but like um, that one unfortunate side effect of that is that you don't have like obvious character archetypes. If you use character archetypes, they don't, they don't work as well in this movie. So this movie ends up being where the first one really, really works as an ensemble movie. This one I feel like is way more focused on Naru, which is mostly a different thing, but does mean as a result that like the ensemble in this movie is not as memorable because they're not intended to be. It's Mm. just, you know, it's it's because it focuses a lot more on Naru. Yeah. Um, Kind of... It was, it was almost reminiscent of like the revenant in a way i don't know like the a little she, bit she's yeah. like a solo person running away from she fights a bear too so you know there's a lot of <laughs> parallels there i don't know um yeah no i like I, I did wish there was a little more character there but i mean it's a really like solid movie um mm-hmm. i think what else was really nice i mean that's kind of it actually like it's it's, there's not it's it's a very straightforward movie um i i did think some of the the way it ended was like a little weird to me um it felt a little too easy but um also it's like it's a predator movie so i'm not expecting some like like ultra believable action or ending and stuff like that so yeah i don't know it's it's a really solid movie and i I really hope the Predator franchise like continues along this path of like I I'd love it to be like a an anthology. I mean it already kind of is an anthology. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, like just do different different points in time, cool settings, 
cool characters. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to work with here. Yeah, I uh, I don't hate that idea. Like, I I think that it's almost it's almost too obvious coming out of this to make just every Predator movie going forward like a weird historical fiction. So I kind of hope that. I kind of hope that whoever does the next Predator movie has something really interesting up their sleeve that I'm not thinking about. But also, like, I've heard the I, I've heard the idea kicked around, which is not a which is not a great idea, and almost certainly isn't like something that's in production. But like, let's do a samurai movie. But oops, there's a Predator. I don't hate that idea. I saw or that, that too. That, yeah, or the idea of like historical fiction. At, uh, anthology predator i think that because i'm thinking of it like we li- we literally both just like mentioned that i guess for me it was prompted because you mentioned it first but like we could come up with that i hope that whoever does the next predator movie can think of something that i couldn't come up with because mm-hmm. that's always way more interesting to me than some movie that i would have thought of yeah. But uh, you know, I don't hate the idea of anthology predator movie. That's a really cool that's that's potentially a really cool way to keep this series going. Yeah. I mean it are to be honest, it technically is kind of an anthology because none of the movies True. really connect. Except for apparently the there's a gun that is given no. No, she gets a gun from one of the hunters, the French hunters, trappers. Uh, that she uses in the movie, but apparently that gun shows up in Predator Two. Oh, weird! It's interesting. It's it's presented to Danny Glover as a trophy for killing the Predator um, in Predator Two. Spoilers. I, I, I huh. feel the Predator always dies or at the end of I these feel movies. Like it, would so. be, it would be very strange in a movie if the Predator didn't die. Which yeah. you know, anyone who's listening. If you can make your movie, if you can make a movie about the predator where the predator doesn't die at the end and it feels and like the whole movie still feels earned, that would be something I'm not expecting. Yeah, that would be cool. I would like that. <laughs> but yeah. Um yeah, I don't know. It's a it's a fun movie. Uh I would check so, it out. Um I want to ask though because originally we were gonna, we were going to talk about this earlier. We're going to circle back to it now. This is only Dan Trachtenberg's second movie. Uh, what yeah. do you think of Dan Trachtenberg as a director? And like, yeah, as, as a director, what do you think? Um, I mean, he's he's shown a lot of promise. I love 10 Cloverfield Lane. Uh, it's a really good thriller movie. Um, and this was really, this was really solid too. I wouldn't say it was like, as an amazing movie or anything, but it shows a lot of promise, especially for having done two movies. I kind of wish that, I don't know, it feels like someone with a lot of potential, but for some reason he's doing, like, franchise movies. I mean, or maybe, maybe that's just, like, what he likes to do, too. I, like, I couldn't tell you, but... But, like, if he <laughs> is gonna... If he does do just franchise movies, I'm actually pretty okay with that because he's brought so much life to to both of those franchises through his movies. Like... 10 Cloverfield Lane is the best Cloverfield movie. Prey is not the best Predator movie because the first one is the best Predator movie. It's the second best. But this is the second best Predator yeah. movie. And like, it's good in a ways that the first Predator is not. Like, yeah. they are different movies. And if, you know, if he wants to tackle like Robocop next, he would be able to like do an, I, I trust that he'd be able to do an interesting Robocop movie. I don't think RoboCop's the next thing, but like clearly he has an eye for how to shake up franchises. And so far it has worked. Yeah. Well, I also really liked how, like as we saw with with Shane Black's interpretation, it felt like he did not like the Predator movies and he aimed to make it something completely different with no respect for like the, the source I don't know if it's called source material when it's another movie, but I mean it is. Um, but yeah, like the the, the original movies, right? So, uh, but this felt like something new and refreshing, but also in no way disrespected or ruins the past movies. 
It's um, new and refreshing and in the spirit of the Predator franchise. Yeah, and it, and it add, added more to it. Like, it was really cool to see a Predator that was still learning and got really cocky and made mistakes um, compared to the other Predators. So, like, there was something new in this, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I hesitate to see he's a great director, though, until... Because I, I think these were both great movies, I really want to see something that makes me like, like I, I want him to wow me. And I feel like he potentially has that. Like it, like 10 Cloverfield Lane felt like the start of like a really interesting career. Um, I don't know why he waited six years for like a follow-up movie in any way, but I think, you know, I think he has potential and I think it's, we'll, we'll see if he wants to actually likes directing. Maybe he, he just, will just direct a movie once every six years and revive a different franchise and they call it a day. I don't know. He actually does a very respectable amount of TV too. Apparently. Oh, cool. Oh yeah. You yeah. mentioned the, Black he did Man. an episode. He did the pilot episode of the boys. He did the pilot episode of the lost symbol and he did at least one episode of black mirror. Yeah, that's cool. And those are both but great shows. He, he definitely I, likes to be precise in what he chooses. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, I think, like, for me, both of his movies, 10 Cloverfield Lane and Prey, feel like, if they feel a little, they feel a little bit hampered by the fact that they're franchise movies, just because, like, I think he breathes new life into those franchises in a really good way, in a way that no, certainly no one else has. I don't know about, I don't want to go quite as far as to say that no one else would, but... I'm just thinking of like, there's little elements in both of those movies that I don't like that I also don't think are his fault, or at least I would be willing to believe that they're not his fault. Because in Prey, like in in Prey at the very beginning, we see the spaceship. Why? We don't need that. But if like that also feels like it could be a studio decision, like, oh, you got to show the spaceship. We got to know there's the the predators here. It's go time. And like, Mm. not a good decision but also possibly not his decision. And then, of course, at the end of Cloverfield Lane, I won't spoil the very ending, but the last scene is dumb and also feels like a studio decision to tie it into that universe rather than... And, like, that scene definitely didn't come until the script was picked up because 10 Cloverfield Lane is, I want to say famously, uh, I don't know about famously, actually, but I want to say that, uh, it was it was based on a screenplay he had that did not involve Cloverfield at all. But then when it was picked up by J.J. Abrams, he was like, why don't you put this in my Cloverfield universe? And that's uh, where the funding came from. The infamous... <laughs> everyone loves the Cloverfield universe. The, the three movies were... Actually, I haven't seen the first one. I've only seen I mean, 10 Cloverfield Lane. But, the first yeah. one... I don't like it, but a lot of people do. And I can see why it was like, probably it was a really, really good early found footage movie. Like it wasn't the first big found footage movie. Cause that was at least know. as early as the Blair witch project, maybe oh, before witch, that, yeah. but like Cloverfield was during a found footage boom. And it was like a really good found footage movie. Yeah. 10 Cloverfield Lane is something entirely different, which is awesome. And the Cloverfield Paradox is something entirely different, which is the opposite of awesome. (laughs) And then, like, after that, there's the movie Overlord, which is really, really cool. But that was originally... It was originally rumored to be another Cloverfield movie. And I guess I'm glad it wasn't, but I also don't understand how it could have been, having seen Overlord. Um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. I really wish I love after seeing 10 Cloverfield Lane, I love this idea of doing different spins on like different apocalyptic scenarios within like, with a certain level of consistency of the Cloverfield universe, right? Like, they're yeah. anthology movies, but I don't know why, but it just, I like the idea of they all have the same, the same word in it which for some reason would mean that they'd all be of similar quality. <laughs> um, that is not the case, though. So, uh, 
it's I, I I really there's a lot of like franchises like that I feel like had that potential, but like it's the same thing with the Conjuring franchise. I feel like it had a lot of potential for like small little like like one off movies within that universe. Um and none of them ever really panned out. They're all pretty bad. So I, I don't know. Yeah. No, there's no horror. I think the best chance we have at a horror movie universe is uh, going off the Invisible Man. That's a good I mean, like, the the Universal Monsters universe that is actually happening seems cool. Because, like, it's... it's is this it's a bunch of Well, when I say that's actually happening, I mean, like, the Invisible Man. Like, oh, okay. the movie The Invisible Man will never connect to Ryan Gosling's The Wolfman. Yeah. But they're both Universal Monsters properties, so there's, like, that connective tissue... But they don't yeah, actually so exist example. in the same universe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be nice to see. I guess we kind of have that with the Predator again. But mm-hmm. I don't know when we'll see another Predator movie. And I wouldn't necessarily say I'm like actively excited for it. I no. hope that we see another Predator movie soon. And personally, I hope that I see another Predator movie without realizing it. Until I've actually that watched it. That would be cool, yeah. That would be the coolest thing. Yeah. And I want it to be like, I want to be starring Robert Downey Jr. as Discount Iron Man or something. I don't know. <laughs> and I and it should star uh, what's his name? Um, oh my God! Why am I blanking on his name all of a sudden? Never mind. Here, Pierre, quick, fill in the dead air. Oh yeah, I was literally just thinking. I'm sorry, but I was thinking this. I would kill to see a predator deadpool movie i think it'd be cool this idea of this the ultimate killer meets the unkillable man and he's just the predator's just really confused all the time because he's an alien he's like why the hell is this guy not dying is this like is this like a species thing i don't know i think it'd be cool to see ryan reynolds play off of the predator Mm. He could probably do an Arnold reference. Like I love that line in the first one where he's just Arnold's just like, You're really you're really ugly or I don't know the exact you're one ugly motherfuck. I think that's it. Yeah, yeah, I love that line. It's a good one. Sorry, what were you what were you looking up? Oh, I was gonna say well, I mean the moment's passed, but what I was gonna say was uh Don Cheadle should be in a Predator movie. We need Don yeah. Cheadle in every movie now. That would be cool. The one in It's the year of the Cheadle. <laughs> don't say that I think, Speak- I think if Don Cheadle ever becomes like the it man of Hollywood I'll just give up on movies <laughs> I don't know I'm sorry Don I, che- I'm sure he's a great guy he's a solid he's, he's a decent actor but, you know, Pierre are you excited for White Noise starring Don Cheadle no <laughs> <laughs> why would I Don Cheadle's he's like the actor that just acts like himself in every movie but he's just boring <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have like an interesting personality. Oh my god. Anyway. Yeah, sorry, don't you? Getting getting back to Prey. Uh what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, wrapping up, what'd you give Prey? If you had to if you had to rate it out of ten, what'd you say? Um, I'd say like a, a seven, I think. It's fun, it's it's cool, it's enjoyable. I I just I don't feel like it it really blew me away or anything. Um, and there would, there would be some things like, I, I think it's a really solid movie and there's some cool ideas. I just think if you, you buffed up that script a bit, I think it could have been, um, a lot better. Yeah. yeah. I think like, I'd probably say the same thing. It's, it, uh, it could be better, but like, it's, I'm very, I'm very happy with what we got. It's a yeah. very Movie, I, think. I was just I was just happy to see a Predator movie be good. Like, like <laughs> made me excited for the future of Predator because you know I didn't go and see the Predator because it was a movie that came out and I'm like eh who cares. Mm-hmm. But like this one, as soon as I like saw it was on Disney, I'm like oh well I gotta go see that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, that's probably why. Like, I don't know if I would have seen this in theaters, honestly. I. I don't know either, but it would have been good in theaters. And it's a, yeah, it, so. it is a bit of a shame that it didn't release for people who would have been there first day to see it. 
Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. I do kind of wish I'd seen it in theaters. I just also can't say like, I don't know for sure that I would have gone. Yeah. I actually, I didn't even know it was like, I never saw any ads for it. I don't, Disney kind of just threw this out there. I just saw Disney it. Disney does not care about this movie. Yeah. It's a left. I think it's just a leftover of the Fox, Fox era. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But hey, now that, wait, I just realized now that Disney owns Fox, like they could do a Deadpool Predator crossover. That's perfect. They can. Oh my God. That's so cool. Anyways. Yeah. The next time I see a Deadpool movie and the next time I see a Predator movie, I don't want to know it's either of those things until like late into the movie. Yeah. Like we start on, we, we start in like feudal Japan. There's samurai everywhere. And like a Lord has a, a samurai Lord has just been killed and they got to figure out who killed him. And it turns out after 45 minutes, you discover it was Deadpool. It's a Deadpool movie. Deadpool four. <laughs> They skipped three entirely. Oh my god. That would actually be cool. Because I feel like it's going to be another few years till we get a Deadpool movie, which kind of makes oh, sense. Oh man. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Marvel definitely, like, Marvel will release another Deadpool movie, but it feels like Deadpool having to sort of slot into Marvel's grand plan is going to make the scheduling of that just a nightmare all the time. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Like, when you, uh, I don't know when you, you know, it's nice to have all these characters together, but Marvel can only release so many movies a year. And then now we're going to get a, like a Deadpool sequel, like probably seven years after the second one or something. Mm-hmm. And it's not like it was bad or anything. They're just, they, they just have no place to put it. Well, and I mean, like, I don't think it was officially announced by a studio, but it was announced by everyone who worked on Deadpool 2 that like Deadpool 3 is going to be made basically the day after Deadpool 2 came out. They're <laughs> yeah. like we're going to we're going to move <laughs> earth, we're going to move the whole earth if we have to. We're making this movie. Yeah. And well, it's going to be a while apparently. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the same thing all like this is really off topic like same thing with, like Doctor Strange too like the movie Doctor Strange 2 came out 6 years after the first one. It's not like the God first damn, one was a dude. bad movie or anything. It's not like it bombed. It just that was the quickest they could find a time frame for Doctor Strange too. So mm-hmm. yeah. Anyways, sorry. Anyway, random. So that's Prey. Uh, let's talk about let's talk about another streaming movie next week. If I remember correctly, uh, it was the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I think. Yes, sir. Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's another one that just like kind of dropped without any fanfare at all. And uh, hopefully it's good. I've had it like on my watch list for like a week now. Yeah. Ninja Turtles is a weird franchise. I feel like it get it'll get really popular. And then whatever, whatever is released at that time kills it because there's very rarely any actually good Ninja Turtle movies or TV stuff. In my opinion. Anyways. All right. Well, I don't know nearly enough about the Ninja Turtles, so I'm going to be relying on you to tell me all the history next week. Perfect. I'm so excited. I'm actually excited. That'll be fun. What's the last word, Peter? Turtles. <laughs>